hello, and away we go. This is episode number 134 of Three Guys Before the Game, and the title of this show is Game On. The hours moving toward kickoff, West Virginia. They've been in the football business, you know, since 1891. And on Saturday at 2 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, it'll be WVU against James Madison in an historic matchup in that it is the very first game for Neil Brown as West Virginia's head coach. Hoppy Kerchival is here. The Senator Brad Howe is here. And we're going to dive into the topics of the game and your questions. This episode of Three Guys brought to you by DonateLifeWV.org. Designate as a donor today, DonateLifeWV.org. By Mardi Gras Casino and Resort in Cross Lanes, visit, check out their full promotional calendar, MardiGrasCasinoWV.com. By Wheeling Island Hotel, Casino, and Racetrack, check them out at WheelingIsland.com. And by Comax Business Systems, available to you at ComaxWV.com. Dot com. Your shirt is so gold, it hurts my eyes. And it, it should be in Fort Knox. It is so gold, it's like... like a, who was the guy in the, the fable that spun gold? Midas. No, Rump, was it oh. Rumpelstiltskin Midas had a golden touch. Senator? Rumpelstiltskin. You just went Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> to open the podcast? We're leading with Rumpelstiltskin? Fair point. <laughs> Although I will say, disclaimer, if you're watching it, because you, know, you can watch this podcast in addition to listening to it, sure. it does look a little orangish on screen, a little orangish. It is, in fact, gold. the old gold. Yeah, it's, an, it's a nice looking shirt. Got a little pattern. Very What's the nice. PMS number? What's the PMS number on that? I know the old one. What is the new? What's the athletic I don't know, Is it 124? I think you're right. 124 in my head for some reason. Yeah. Nice PMS number reference. Yeah. They, yeah. My boy. My boy. Fine looking Phil. Got a little pattern to it. Got nice like blue dots in it. If you can see that. Yeah. It, it is. It's gold. I mean, you got to show your colors. I mean, you got to show Just your, about pride. It's about pride. It's, it's about, about pride. state pride. It's about state pride. I have a state pride you shirt on You got a state pride today. shirt on? Sure. By the way, did you see, uh, since Phil came out with, that, with the West Virginia state emblem in his state pride collection, I did notice this week, Mountaineer coaches now have the logo, the, w, the flying WV, and the state It's a nice well. touch. Yeah. You see that, Hop? Playing for I the didn't state. I did they're playing for the state. It's about pride. That's, a, that's okay. When they put the state on the helmet, it's a bad I idea. I understand that. But I did, but it, did, it caught me this week for the first time that the coaches on their shirts have a flying WV and the state, which is good. Yeah. I like that. That You know what? Phil just continues, right? Trend, trendsetter. 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 Um, and we're not – you know what? But we do need to talk about the goat at some point, and that's not the greatest of all time, but there's a goat. Powell Mountain Goat. Powell Mountain Goat. You familiar, Hoppy? Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. So guess what? Predicts the games or something. Yeah, he predicts yeah. the games. If you see the goat on your way up, <laughs> you see <laughs> West Virginia covers on your way up nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. That that West Virginia covers. There are some unfortunate reports this summer from Gerald Hayden, who's a goat watcher. Um, the goat might be dead. Let me tell you something. People go- haven't seen the goat. The goat was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, my man, he was old. He would not have been delicious, oh, you as cook, you, you well know. Put it in that cooker of yours and cook yeah. it for a long time. <laughs> it would take a long time. You can't eat a goat after a certain part. It just it's, it's, it's a little hard. But well, anyway, we went off the rails quickly. If anyone sees the goat coming We're up to the game in. on anyone's Rumpelstiltskin and a goat, three minutes in. If anyone does see the goat uh, coming up on Saturday, would you please let us know in some form, social media or something? Because Tweet I hope, Tony and, and me, if you would. I hope the goat didn't die. Yeah. 
I mean, but that's what the circle of life. I mean, Lion King. So, <laughs> all right, we're, we're, we're here we go. Let's bust this thing down now. WVU and James Madison. This is it. Last week, we had just a teeny little appetizer of college football. Had some pretty good games. Hawaii, Arizona was interesting. Miami and Florida uh, was, wasn't pretty, but it was, it was well, very exciting. It was exciting, yeah. right? But it had a lot of mistakes that you're going to get. So, the Neil Brown era is ready to open at West Virginia, and people have been asking, I'm sure all of us, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What's it going to look like? I have no idea. I mean, I've got zero idea. Someone says, you know. And I go, I don't know. Because nobody does. I don't know Neil what Brown it's going to look like. Neil Brown doesn't know. No, he doesn't know. No, he doesn't know. know. He, doesn't know. He, now he thinks he, he has expectations, and he knows what he thinks they'll do well and what, what their weak, strengths and weaknesses are, but he doesn't know until there's 60,000 people there and they kick it off. Exactly right. You just aren't 100% sure because there's a lot of guys on that depth chart that have not played a whole lot, and you don't know how they will react to it. Some guys are gamers. Some guys kind of go, ooh, what, what is this? Um, so we'll find out. We'll all find out collectively together. Senator, you've been busting it down matchup-wise. Let's jump right in here and get into the matchups that you must watch, must-see matchups to focus on. When the ball goes into the air. Mm, how much time do I have? Because I got about 10. Go ahead. I'll go fire. one. I'll give you one here because I, I think there's a bunch of this. I think really this is is one of those fascinating games and a lot of the centers on West Virginia as we've talked all summer because you just don't know. You don't know how the quarterback's going to look, how are the receivers going to look. You think you know what the running backs are going to do, but the running backs' success is contingent upon that offensive line. What's the defensive line look? Can this defensive line get pass rush? You, you have some names back at linebacker that you know, but how will they mesh together? Young guys in the defense. So anyway, we go on and on and on. <laughs> Here's my answer. I'll pick one. Ready? I am most interested. This will surprise you. This will surprise you. You've known me a long time. My must-watch matchup number one. Can't wait for this. You got me excited. Yeah. I'm going West Virginia offensive line against the James Madison defensive front to begin with. Because right. they've got some guys. I told you that the other day. You watched that NC State game from last year, which I, I've tried to watch that because I think that's the most similar look at James Madison against a team that's going to look like West Virginia from a size and athleticism standpoint. There's a ton of guys that you hear their names being called. The announcers are calling their name, and then you look on the – oh, there they are again. Oh, there he is again. There he is again. So I think this is really fascinating from West Virginia's standpoint. If this offensive line can be just good, doesn't have to be a great West Virginia line, boy, that helps a ton. Now six games, seven games. Now does that become a possibility? West Virginia with a giant size advantage here. Per player, West Virginia has a 53-pound advantage over the defensive line of James Madison, and that would be one of the things you would expect FBS on FCS. So can West Virginia, which you don't know about the passing game, can it line up and use that size advantage to move the defensive front of James Madison and choose some yards up on the ground with Kennedy McCoy and Petaway and all those running backs that are there? That, to me, if this group can do this tomorrow, that goes a long way for Neil Brown and being able to say, okay, now we can bring Kendall along a little more slowly. Now we can work that passing game in, but I know I can go back and run behind Sills and McKivitz, and can Mike Brown be really good? So to me, this game tomorrow hinges upon the performance of that West Virginia offensive line and the advantage it has over the defensive line of James Madison. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point, Brad, because if you cannot control this is a this is a good JMU defense. I mean, they held teams to 14 points average last week and last year. They had North Carolina State at 17 points to the late touchdown by NC State. So if and they got all those guys back and uh, what's the guy Robinson Robinson's back in the defensive backfield who's kind of all American FCS. So if you can't control the line of scrimmage against this team. Uh, even though it's a good defense, you're going to really struggle all year. I'll take a little more of a macro approach and trying to figure it out because I could argue either side in this game, frankly, and that's because we've had too much time to think about it. You know, here's a team, James Madison, that's had success <clears throat> Excuse me, against, against FBS teams. But look at those games. When they beat Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech turned the ball over three times. When they beat East Carolina, East Carolina turned the ball over three times. So uh, it was pretty evenly matched in North Carolina State, one turn of reach. So if West Virginia, you would think, with the size advantage, with the scholarship advantage, if they can not turn the ball over, I know that's cliche, but don't, don't keep them in the game. Limit turnovers, then they should wear them down and, and be able to pull this thing out in the second half. Yeah, 53-pound advantage is sizable. Basically, that's a kindergartner, right? Mm -hmm. Kindergartner comes in at about 53 pounds extra. And that's what happened at NC State, isn't it, last year, that in the second half, late third, fourth quarter, that probably is what took its impact and then and, and, and the yeah, field of that. Yeah, but they couldn't. But the game staff, if you look at it in totality, North Carolina State didn't run it well. No, Average under, under 100 yards. Under, under, 100 under yards three yards a carry on that situation. Yeah. So that's the counterpoint to what I just said to that size advantage. NC State had a size advantage too and couldn't, couldn't move it. They had a pro quarterback, right? Yes. Ryan Finley, who, by the way, is having a great preseason, might get some time for the Bengals. He was really good, and that was a difference maker there. But, yeah, is that going to show up late? I mean, can you pound them enough that even if you're not having big success, does that just wear them down late? 83 yards on the ground. That's all they had. NC State. And the new defensive coordinator at James Madison who comes down from Maine is a guy whose pedigree is stopping the run. They, they allowed less than 80 yards a game on the ground last year at Maine. I know everything changes, but his whole deal is philosophy. stopping. Philosophy is to stop the run like everyone else's, but he does it, has been successful with it. So that is going to be huge. I agree. And wouldn't you, if you're James Madison, you, I mean, they're doing the same things we are <laughs> with a little more film. They're looking at that going, all right, well, what are we going to do first? Let's stop. Petaway and McCoy and that backfield. We know that's where their strength is. Don't do that. Austin Kendall, if you want to beat us, go beat us through the air. Uh, talking to someone this week about James Madison's defense. And so this isn't just pregame hype. This is a, this is a person that, in, that intimately knows this game and evaluates for a living. Said there are five starters on James Madison's defense that would start on West Virginia's defense, five guys. That's almost half the defense, mm -hmm. right? That you could go like, those five would start right now at, at WV. That's where West Virginia is right now. So it's for real. It's a it's a real defense. Five guys that could play Big 12 Conference football. And they're easy to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. No, I know. The single digit guys for James yeah, Madison's yeah. are the guys to watch, yeah. right? The defense They make that really easy for you to watch, yeah. Yeah, there's no question about that. All right, so that's just your point. Your, your O-line. O-line. I'm going to go O-line. O-line O line for West Virginia on D-line for James Madison. That's the matchup I'm watching first and foremost on Saturday. And from a leadership standpoint, two members of that West Virginia offensive line, I'm hoping, can come out of this thing and you look at those guys and go, those are our guys. So I'm talking about Colton McKivitz and Josh Sills. I want to see those guys, right, not only get their blocks, but, all, but when a play is over, and when the dust up is over, you just see those guys out there grabbing a the guy, you know, bringing him back to the huddle, 
tap on the, I want to see a leadership command that you look at those guys and go, those guys are the anchor of, the, of this thing. Yeah, because they're big dudes. I big mean, they dudes. look the part right now. They've played the part. They've had high-level success. But I mix Mike Brown in there. I mean, I've got yes. Mike Brown, the guard, in my top two or three most important players to this West Virginia team because if he's not good and can't perform, you, you got real problems up front, and he's a guy you just don't know because he hasn't played football. Agreed, but I don't think we're going to get leadership from him. No, you won't. They got fingers crossed need, with him that he's, yeah. gonna, that he's not going to get too tired and that he's going to stay and do what he's coached to do as the game goes on. I, I think about a McKivitz and a Sills, you know, but what we talked about earlier this week, this team needs to get an identity as to who its leaders are. Last year it was easy. It was Sills. It was Jennings. It was Greer. Got all that. David Long. It was though We knew who it was. This team is about to establish who are going to be your guys that you're going to be able to depend on, rally, get guys ready to follow. And I think it could very well be uh, Colton and Josh, that those could be those guys that you find that that's our anchor. That's our anchor. All right. If you're looking for an anchor in your life, you want an anchor in your life, you want to have a good feel in your life that you made a difference, that you contributed in your life. We're always looking at what's my purpose, what's my meaning. I can't think of anything better than donatelifewv.org because it's quite simple to do, to tag yourself and Set yourself up as an organ donor, and by doing so, you can save not a life, you can save lives. Every donor can save up to eight different lives. Learn more information about it at donatelifewv.org. That's donatelifewv.org. The amount of people in the state of West Virginia that are signed up to be organ donors is a little bit below where it should be. We need more. Because right now there are over 113,000 people in our country looking for a kidney donation and needing a kidney donation. You can save lives. Check it out. DonateLifeWV.org. I'll tell you what. I haven't seen that much highlighter on a game note press release in a long... You, you got to work last night, huh? You were into yeah. it. So what did what, what you take? What did you call a lot of that? Well, a lot of things. Some of them I already mentioned. Uh, one is... Another one is that Riley Stapleton, I mean, we know that the, the wide receiver for uh, JMU, who's the returning leading receiver, 62 passes, 700 yards last year. And he's a beast, by the way. He's, he's a Six big guy. Five, big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. You watch him in an NC State game where he had nine catches, and you can't... I mean... He's very, very difficult to cover. Not playing, suspended for the first three games, off-season problems. He was back home in Indiana, Pennsylvania. He had a domestic issue at a party with a female. He pled no contest to a charge and uh, is on probation but has been suspended for the first three games. Well, that's a big deal because he's a guy, okay? <laughs> and so their leading receiver will not play in this game. Their leading returning rusher, not on the roster anymore. Their leading returning interception guy, now playing for the Redskins. I know they got a lot of talent on there, but they're also missing some pieces, James Madison. Yeah, they are. Here's my – he went offensive line. I'm going to go in the obscure category. So if the folks that put the lines together on games are right, this is about a touchdown game. So it's going to be a – there's going to be a slow, thin margin uh, for – discrepancy when it comes to final score. So what could potentially decide this game? I'm going to go really boring, really unfun. You know, you go three sides of the ball. Everyone knows offense, defense, right? What about your special teams and specifically the punt return? Hmm. They got a great punt return. (laughs) So twofold on this. Firstly, James Madison's punt returner 
is D'Angelo Amos. He wears number 13, D'Angelo Amos. Will that 13 be a lucky or an unlucky number? His return yardage last season wasn't like, wow, it was stupid good. He averaged 22 (laughs) yards. (laughs) Do not adjust your audio. Do not adjust your ear pods. He averaged 22 yards per punt return, and it's not like he had eight and like blew off. He had 25. So he's averaging two punt returns per game. He averages 22. He returned three for a touchdown. Those are the kind of plays in a game like this that swing and make differences. You mentioned when they beat Tech, they had three turnovers. Tech had three turnovers in that game. These are the kinds of things. So D'Angelo Amos, I would probably, if I'm West Virginia, I'm punting the ball into the concession stand on the concourse and saying, hey, D'Angelo, go get that one. You got to do not revisit the Tyler Lockett, Kansas State situation. Get it the heck out of there. Get away from them. 13, their side. On the other side, Alex Sinkfield will be given the opportunity for West Virginia to return punts. Totally new territory. You just don't know. I think it's the one area among a bunch that Neil Brown is got his lip bit on going like, I hope this works. He has handled punts decently as they've tried to identify and practice who can do it decently when the stadium's been empty. When it's filled and it's bright and it's on, can he do the most difficult thing that there is to do in the game of football? And that is catch a cinder block out of the air, and then start up field. While someone's bearing down on you and may ignore your fair catch signal and may take your head off. Worst job in sports. Punt return. Worst job. And when you get tight in that situation, you, you, of course, you worry about a fumble. That's the worst thing. But when you get tight, what do you do? You don't, you don't catch it. And so the punter, and they have a good punter, he gets a roll and you start from your own nine. Yes. You know, and that, and, and, and that's a problem. And by the way, they have a good field goal kicker too. I mean, their special teams are solid. They're very good. It's two Australians against each other punting the ball. and uh, Of course it is, because why wouldn't it be? It's punters. Yeah, oh, and oh. so West Virginia will have a first-time punter. Yes, he has punted at LSU. Yes, he was successful at LSU. He's only been here 13 minutes. I mean, he just got here. You hope, fingers crossed, that he is the answer to what West Virginia needs. In a game like this, field position is key. It's going to be punting. He's going to be punting for the first time. He's left-footed kicker. And he's also going to be holding. So I just think those little elements, the hold on kicks, Evan Staley getting points when points are there to be taken. He's been rock solid. He has been. His, his, his camp has been kind of, eh, he's missed some in camp. You hope everything is good there. You hope that Josh Groudon, uh, the punter, does a good job. Field position's key. So that's my thing. I'm, I'm looking at kind of an unsexy punt return, both sides, and kick. Amos is a good call. He's the single-season leader in punt return yards. You alluded to the three that he took to the house last year, two of them against Villanova, as some people in the Northeast <laughs> call it. Two against Villanova in the same game. 183 punt return yards and two touchdowns. So you're right. you got to be careful there. But that's why you like, you like Groudon on board here. What is one of his specialties? What did he do at LSU when it came to the punting? They brought him on in a pooch situation, angling towards the sidelines. Old school. feel like we're talking about 1983 NFL here. (laughs) Angle to the sideline, drop that thing inside the five, spin it out of bounds. Don't let the kid return it. I'm anxious to see how Groudon does in this situation. that'll, That'll be fun to see him out there. 
Neil Brown has stressed this week on a couple of different occasions, press conferences, that he wants to have his team play fast and without worry. So it's it's the paralysis analysis thing. He does not want his team to go out there and be tight. He's continued to tell them. And so his deal on that, I said, well, what do you what do you really mean when you say play fast? What's play fast mean? He said, play fast means I don't want to overwhelm them with scheme. I don't want to overwhelm them with making them think before they make a play. He said, if you do that, you've got absolutely no chance. They have really broke, broken down and reduced everything that they're going to do. They've simplified it. They're not going to be really overly complex here because he just wants guys to go out there and play and not get missed assignments as a result of that. In fact, he told me this week, he sits down in the quarterback room with the quarterbacks and he says, what play on there do we have on the board for potential plays this week? Don't you like? And he, and the kid will invariably, the quarterbacks will go like, no, nah, I'm good with everything. And he'll go, no, you don't understand. You have to give me plays you don't like. And he says he does that up until game time. He'll sit with the quarterbacks in pregame meal on Saturday and he'll sit down and go like, what don't you like? He wants to make sure that when they're out there, that they're totally comfortable with every single play that comes in there and there's nothing that we're going to ask them that they're not happy with. So obviously a great approach, certainly a great approach when it's new, but you know what the scary part of that is? Now you're really dependent on execution. And I know you always are. But a lot of times we move throughout the season, advantages, disadvantages will start to emerge. You'll say, and that's one thing I think Dana was really good at, especially when he was the play caller. You always went, okay, offensively, this is probably going to work here. Regardless of who the quarterback is, you feel comfortable that something's going to be drawn up to get the offensive guys in the best position possible. You shrink that down. And I get what he's saying because he's right. If they're not just out there playing, you got no chance. But now you're shrinking that thing down. You know who else you're shrinking it down for? James Madison that's really experienced. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna, their defense in particular is going to be out there not thinking. So that's an important thing to keep an eye on there is if you limit that playbook and Austin Kendall only has a few, by God, he better make sure he executes on those few plays. Well, not only that, but what's that mean? you got to get you got to sustain blocks you got to block and you got to Ex- tackle execution. if it's going to be simple like hey guess what yeah. you can figure out what teams are going to do but if you can't stop them right that's the ultimate thing we always knew back in the heyday what nebraska was going to do what oklahoma <laughs> was going to do when they ran the wishbone it's going to be like every week you knew what they're going to do you can't stop them from doing it that's the ultimate you well, can't and the flip side to that is though sometimes if you can't block that defensive end you can do some things schematically to help out. But if you're new and your guys don't know what you're doing and you can't move those parts around and help, that's where that stuff starts to pile but up even, on Even you. when you do all of those things, and you're exactly right, there's still – and how many times have we said, well, a guy made a play? And, and yeah. that comes back to athletes and having skilled players. Sometimes a guy just makes a play. Well, the guy was in the right, the right spot. Now, what, what is that run that um, the kid from Oklahoma, the quarterback, made and he uh, had the West Virginia defender in the open – in the Oklahoma game against West Virginia last year, yeah, and he just he, there was a defender there, and the quarterback just went. Like, Kyler Murray, you're talking about? Yeah, Kyler, like Kyler Murray just said, boop, boop. like, well, the guy was you in mean position. that wasn't on the whiteboard. They didn't draw the the squiggly <laughs> no. line. The kid just made a the play. The guy was in position, but Kyler Murray just beat the guy. So now I'm not sure you're going to see much of that this week, but. You, you can be perfect schematically, but still have a guy make a play, right? But, the, that, but that's where I go back to with West Virginia. That, that's why, all right, let's get these games started so we can see. Yeah. Because you don't have any base of past performance for a lot of these guys to say, you know, when, okay, the protection breaks down on Will Greer. What's probably going to happen? 
In most yeah. cases, he's okay. He was going to yeah. make something happen. Austin Kendall has not played enough football. You just have not seen that. I'm not saying he won't make plays. I'm not saying we won't sit there post game tomorrow or on Saturday and go, my God, he's a good one. Look at what you got there. But as we sit here before the game, you just haven't seen that from a lot of different players on West Virginia. That's why you're going to have to really have guys step up on Saturday. We asked you, the listener, your questions about this game. We've got your questions and our answers coming up. But first, this note that Comax Business Systems is your full-service Comax Minolta dealer. They're not like half your service. I mean, they're your full service, not quarter service. Not like when you go to a self-serve gas station. This is, they're old school. Like the old day when the Texaco man, right? They'd come to your car, they'd wipe off your window. It's nice Texaco reference. Yeah, they'd check your oil. Full service is what Conica Minolta dealers do here in West Virginia. And if you think you're paying too much for your monthly ink and copier, Chances are you are. Reach out to Comax and discuss how their managed print systems could save you money. I've been saying on our Comax commercials that don't pee your money away. Someone made a suggestion to me this week, and they said, don't say pee your money away. Don't control pee your money away. See, if you go control pee, what's that? That's the print function, right? So don't control pee your money away. Visit ComaxWV. Com. That's ComaxWV.com. And uh, thank you for that. Control P. I like that. Ready to go? Questions from the crowd. Sir Charles Montgomery writes, how do you think the running back core will perform against James Madison on Saturday? So the question becomes this. Game's over. You have the stat sheet in your hand. Senator <sighs> Kennedy McCoy, Martel Petaway, Alex Sinkfield, what do you got? Oh, goodness. Uh, so that was my point. That was my matchup on matchup. What do you think is going to happen? End of the day. Plus, minus, what is it? Plus, give me give me plus three and a half yards of carry. I don't know if it gets to four, though. Plus three and a half. I'd like to get it over four. Yep, you would. Andrew Eagle, Eagle one above, asks, if WVU comes out and lays a smackdown on James Madison, will that translate to us being able to handle Missouri? Good question. Missouri's pretty highly thought of as we sit here now. They're going to Wyoming to start the season. So let's see how Kelly Bryant looks in his first start in a Tiger uniform. You know, he got skittish last year at Clemson before he transferred about throwing the football down the field, part of what allowed Trevor Lawrence to take his job. So Kelly Bryant, a big X factor there, Missouri really thought of. But what it does for West Virginia, that confidence that we talk so much about, this team needs confidence because as we said earlier, they just don't have guys that have done this yet. It helps tremendously if you can get that win. Philip wants to know, end of the day, how many sacks does WVU's defensive line get on Saturday? Vic Coney going to be aggressive, going to bring the heat. Uh, defensive linemen have been basically given a green light. They no longer have to sustain uh, offensive linemen, so linebackers can go in there and get it. They're going to let them run upfield. Open the door. Here comes the D-line. You, spoiler alert, you will get this question on Saturday game day as part of one of our oh, segments. Really? So think of your answer here. You will have some time to reevaluate well, what I, you yeah, say. I gotta, I gotta Averaged some... a little more than two and a half per game last year. Yeah, I was I was right around that three mark, that two and a half, three mark. I'm going to give it a little more thought. 
Uh, that's a good like the th- chap- you, what, what are you putting the number? Are you putting it at, th- at three? Put it at three, just because that's an average. I know totally different system, and you think there's a better pass rush on the defensive line than there's been before. But Ben DiNucci, that's one of the he things runs. that stood out in that NC State game. He did a really nice job. Not uh, not Major Harris here, but he did a nice job when the rush came and the pocket collapsed, getting outside. It may be tough to get to that's three. That's what he does. I mean, he game ran for almost he ran for almost 500 yards last year, so he was like their second or third leading rusher. He so he it. can he can tuck. You're going with two. I feel like under three. uh, (laughs) Sir Andrew Knight writes, to preface the question, I'll say this, is not to bash on the previous coach. How do the players on the roster from the Coach Holgerson era view Coach Brown's approach to player interaction and development? Everything I've heard, seen, is all green light. Agree. They like him. And I think those that, that weren't buying aren't here. So there's a little attrition, and that's how it goes. All right, Kirchival. Okay. Who, score, who scores the first touchdown for West Virginia in the Neil Brown era? McCoy. Ooh, he's just going standard McCoy. The old McCoy. It's a good pick. Good pick. I'm going, you know what I'm going with? You might say the same thing I'm going to say. I'm going to say Petaway. I think they get it close to the goal line, like two yards out. And they bring and, the big guy in to hunk it up big, in there. Big just All right, just hunks. to be different from you two, both, both good picks coming out of the backfield. Give me Sam James as James Madison sneaks up and puts 36 guys in the mm-hmm. box there to stop him. And Sam James gives you a little scoots by. Kendall hits him deep. I've seen Big that. play. I've seen that happen in practice. Uh, Ross writes in, over under 30 punt return yards. Will West Virginia have 30 or more punt return yards in the contest? On the, on the season? In the game? No, 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 no. no in no, the no. game? Under. 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 But Brad had the correct question. Yep. Um, Bryce writes, who do you think is most excited for the first game as a Mountaineer, Coach Brown or Austin Kendall? I'd say Kendall. Uh, Austin Kendall's got to just want to play, right? Does he not just have to be saying, give me the ball, kick this thing off, let me get some snaps as a starter and play? Yeah, but I mean, because Neil Brown's been there before. I mean, he's been a head coach. He's had opening games before. I mean, this is different, obviously, but you're right. I mean, Austin Kendall's like, What's it been? How long has it been for him until he finally gets his chance? Yeah. Like, go play. I mean, it, this is it. After what? When did he come out of high school? He 20? had a spot start against Baylor. Three downs is what he got. And yeah, other, but, but this was, is this is the first one. I mean, so. he knows he's the starter here. He's going to get a little bit of rope. It's got to be Kendall's got to be giddy to get going here. Answer, Austin Kendall. This one asks, what percentage of the watch out for James Madison talk is healthy respect for an opponent will likely beat versus a legitimate top tier threat we have little hope of beating decisively, if at all? Excellent question. And that's why I yell at you every year when you start in with that coach speak and go over the top on these teams. This one's the most legit it's been because of the inexperience of West Virginia and what James Madison returns, I think this is the most legitimate of, well, be careful here. Although I'm with it, West Virginia wins this game. Yeah, I think that because you have one of the best teams preseason in FCS, they're ranked number two, mm-hmm. expected to contend for the national championship. So in, in that division, they're up here, and West Virginia kind of starts down here. So there's not as much separation as it would be in, in a uh, – in a different year. Dr. Nate asks, what will be the most noticeable difference between the last time we saw the Mountaineers on the field versus what we will see this Saturday? The coach will not throw his headset. Ooh, that could be. The tight end will not throw a pass Saturday against James Madison. You probably forgot that. Wesco <laughs> threw a pass in that ridiculous bowl game. The, the not very much used tight end reverse pass. 
I don't even remember the bowl game. Well, wow. so you guys, you guys, you guys have repressive memories on that bowl game. Syracuse played Syracuse down in Florida. Don't even recall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Will Greer didn't play. Um, Head coach didn't coach. Wow. How's Wesco doing, by the way? Doing well. Gonna make the team. Gonna make the team. Got we a like couple, him. Got a couple other guys though. They're on the uh, on the uh, on the on the fence on the border. Hold on, I got one for you. Here's one to finish off. Sure. Jared tweets. Over under on quarterbacks used in the game, he puts it at two and a half, which I think makes it an easier answer. I yeah, would have put the number at two. two. Yeah. So in a nah, perfect two and a half, so okay. Not two. No, you gotta, I, well, two. Put it at two. Unless you had an injury, I think you got to go two. Put it at two. No, yeah. the over under should be one and a half. Then I'll go over. Do so they use a second quarterback? That should really be the first question. See, I'd go over. You think the second quarterback? Well, because you're going to go with a tray oh, low Trey package. Low. Do you show that against James Madison, though? Maybe you, you need it. Not if you don't have to. Yeah, you should, well, you show it so the other team has to prepare for it. So what's your call? What's the over-under? If, if it's Jared's question, I say under because he said two and a half. He said so, two and a half. You yeah, go so under, I say so under. you think two. But you do think two. You'd go over on one and a half. The, the opener, breaking, breaking out that package in the opener would surprise me a little bit. But all right, give me, give me both of those guys. Okay. Weekend look ahead for the rest of these Big 12 in just a couple of shakes. But this reminder to you that Thunderstruck, a tribute to ACDC, comes to the showroom Wheeling Island Hotel Casino and Racetrack September the 7th at 7.30. So that's next Saturday. Enjoy the hits of ACDC, and you can do it for just $15. Available through the Wheeling Island gift shop. Tickets also at Ticketmaster. Check it out. Thunderstruck. A tribute to ACDC. A lot of people don't know Kirchhoff was a huge concert guy in his earlier life. How many concerts do you think you went to oh, that you gosh. remember? I don't know. I, um, Greatest performance. You've seen The Stones a couple times. You saw Yes. Yeah, a couple times. It was the greatest concert you ever saw. Uh, I don't, I'll tell you this. When I was at WV... <laughs> When I was at WVU, I was somehow I get I was ended up like on the stage crew for a concert. I forget who it was. I don't even know. And I ended up on the stage on the side, like standing During there show. next to the sound guy. I don't know. I don't remember what show it was. So um, I'm standing there. Got a. I'm standing there like me to you, and they're performing. And somebody started to get up on the stage like a fan. And the guy next to me who was running the soundboard said, "Go get that guy off the stage." <laughs> so I was, did you take him down? That was security. I had to take it off the stage. Yeah. Kerchival's been here so long. He was he attended a concert <clears> at WV. Hey, there's a new breakout artist. You gotta come see him. So he went. Bob Dylan. I yeah. mean, it's been it's been hey, the Perry Como show was fantastic. <laughs> it's been that long. Here we go around the Big Twelve conference before we put a wrap on this thing. And again, we have to go quick because our producer, Taylor, has to get to class. So we I mean, we gotta get this thing done. Last week it was a mess. We we ran them late. Senator was nice enough to drive him on the campus, and then Taylor took off, and he ran like Forrest Gump to his class. Braces broke off and everything. <laughs> and it took me an hour and a half to get out of the yeah. traffic I was sitting in. Here we go. Baylor against Stephen F. Austin. The Matt Rule era for this 2019 season begins. Slap job? Yeah. Baylor, make, um, Baylor may make a statement. Uh, let's go even before. Friday night. Oklahoma State at Oregon State. League needs to win this kind of a game. You can't go up to the Pac-12 and lose for as much criticism as the Pac-12 gets. Do especially, they win? Especially a bad Oregon State yeah. team. Question I'm looking at there, Gundy's not going to name his starter until that game. Who they start at quarterback is critical for them moving forward. Yeah, they win that game, but who's their quarterback? A game that brings warmness to your heart. 
as an Iowa native. Northern Iowa against Iowa State. Two teams that you'd thumb your nose at as a kid growing up because you were a big Hawkeye guy. What do you got? Iowa State, I think, has printed their uh, has has already made their Big Twelve championship rings. They're so giddy, they're picked third. Don't uh, don't overlook the Panthers. They're a perennial FCS power. Iowa State favored by like eighteen and a half or something outrageous. There, you know, you wonder. So let's see what if, Matt Campbell is. In all the, seriousness, the, yeah. How does Iowa State play with heaping expectations on them? They have literally never been in this position. Can if, they handle if this? If you wanted to, if if you were asked to to pick, if you were forced to pick a team that's overvalued, I would pick Iowa State. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. They're going to be good, but wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? If you had I mean, to pick an overvalued U, team, they don't lose to you no, and I. I but, just but, wanna, but they got to play uh, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Hand, handle your business here. Let's see if they. Maybe they do. I want to see it. I don't think they're overrated, and they've got a week before they play Iowa, so they go game this weekend. Then they're off a week. That defense is legit. How do they replace Hakeem Butler and Montgomery? That's not a program yeah. that just stacks up running backs and six six receivers and plugs them in. How Iowa, do they handle Iowa that? always finds a way to beat them. that. That quarterback though is pretty good. Agree. I Iowa see State. what you did there. Yeah. Kansas, the Lester Miles era begins against Indiana State. Larry Bird will not be in attendance. What do you got? Kansas, win or lose? They cannot lose to Indiana State. No, I can't see. I, I, who knows? I, who you, knows? Can't, you can't lose who the cares? game. You who always, cares? You always say you kill Kansas. All right. But it, would be, but it would be a story if, I mean, there's going to be a story, right? Because Les Miles is the coach. If they win, Les Miles has turned it around. <laughs> no. That's the story. No, the story Kansas will be. Kansas is back. <laughs> Kansas back. Uh, the they got to get two wins before they're back. The Kleinschmidt era begins at uh, Kansas State. They play at Nichols State. Yeah, that's, that's typical Kansas State scheduling there yeah. under Bill Snyder. I mean, they obviously win that. The question for Kansas State, and this is this is very appropriate for West Virginia fans to watch. How bad is Kansas State? It'd be nice for West Virginia if Kansas State is just goes ahead and is still really bad this year, and you know you can get a win there. We know that Texas is back. Sam Ellinger being considered a Heisman contender. They open up against Louisiana Tech. We know the result. Skip Holtz, although the question there is the spread. There's some steam behind uh, Louisiana Tech and old Skip Holtz. What's the number? Big double-digit underdog. Uh, he's, he's good in that role, Herman. Not good in the favorite role. Number's like 20 and a half. Ooh. TCU against Arkansas Pine Bluff in Fort Worth. Next. What, what, what do you Next. say about these games? What are you asking these games for? I'm just telling you what people – I'm just get letting people know who's playing whom. Question for TCU. Who's their quarterback? Is yeah. it Alex Delton, Thank the Kansas you. State transfer? Is he any good? Because he wasn't at Kansas State. Is he any good? If he's not, that changes TCU a lot this season. Texas Tech, Montana State to open up the season. Uh, Bowman back at quarterback at Texas Tech. Matt Wells takes over as the head coach there, the former Utah State head coach. Then lastly, folks, on Sunday night, get yourself a big box of popcorn. Get yourself your favorite – beverage and the Sooners of Oklahoma are home to take on the Houston Cougars and much anticipated matchup um, point spread in the 20s 24 25 something like that but the over under 82 so this is kind of like video game football Dana Holgerson's first game with uh, the Cougars against the Sooners anything would here you, would you be would you be tempted would you be tempted to take the over in that? Like yeah, you should. 57, you 24. Should. The, numbers tell you, the numbers tell you to take the over. When it's ridiculously high like that, you can't put it high enough. It hits more. It hits 60% of the time or something ridiculous. Yeah, take the over. Take the over. Because De'Eric King, Houston's quarterback, with Dana's going to go bonkers. What you don't know is how does Jalen Hurts plug into the Lincoln-Riley machine that's been so good the last two years. I am interested in watching that game. I, I don't know that, that Houston 
can win that game. But that I, uh, tune me in on that. I'm I think in. I think Dana will do everything and anything. He'll just jack around. He'll, he'll do a bunch of tricks. Just sure. do a bunch of tricks. Sure. There are four new head coaches that you probably all know in the Big 12 this season and 10 new coordinators among the schools. So there's a lot of newness. There's a lot of new parts that are going to be worked out here over the uh, over the weekend. Okay, so that's our deal. WVU James Madison ball goes into the air at 2 o'clock. We're back here on Monday. You working on Labor Day? The gold is I, my eyes of Are you going to be here Monday on Labor yeah, Day or, or you going to do or you going to do one of your best of shows so you won't be A here. show previously enjoyed? <laughs> Listen, it's it's football season. I I come to work every day, buddy. Every day. I'm I know. I know. Hey, well, hey, we don't uh, we don't previously enjoyed podcast. We're going to be here on Monday to break it down for y'all. So thanks very much for being with us. Senator the Dean Hoppy Kerchival our show into the books <laughs> what did you say what try to sell that shirt online <laughs> see what i can get you, for that you can get this shirt starting bid 180 bucks this program has been brought to us by the wonderful folks at donatelifewv.org and you can donate life save up to eight people's lives with one organ donation by mardi gras casino wv.com check them out for their calendar plus wheelingisland.com and comax business systems don't control pee your money away visit comax business systems and do it today available to you uh, here in the state of west virginia comaxwv.com all right music's about to end taylor has to go to class our episode is done see y'all be good talk to you on monday